The opinions expressed during this program are solely the opinions of the hosts, guests, and callers. They do not necessarily represent the views of the advertisers, management, staff, or ownership of WCTC. You're listening to Wake Up Call with Christina Previtt. Listen here for inspiring stories from people just like you who had their wake-up call to make a bold decision and live their best life. They did it, and so can you. What are you waiting for? I'm your host, Christina Previtt. We haven't met before. I was a divorce lawyer in New Jersey for 15 years. I'm currently the CEO and co-owner of New Jersey Divorce Solutions, a divorce law firm located in Edison, New Jersey. I love talking to people who have overcome their fears and forged their own path in life. They had a wake-up call to make a radical change. They did it, and so can you. My guest today is Maria Gargiulo. Maria is a fat loss coach and fitness expert who has built a thriving online business through various social media platforms. You can find her on Instagram at Maria underscore G underscore fit. What's so amazing about Maria's story is not the amazing body that she has today, but the body she used to have and the incredible and inspiring transformation that she's made. But that transformation wasn't easy. Maria has made some incredibly bold and daring decisions to find her path. She's walked the walk and now she's helping other people do it. Welcome, Maria. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. I will share that you're my very first guest for Wake Up Call. And thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs> You're my first. So I just want to really get right into it. What what mm-hmm. really strikes me about you, which I and I'll say that I'm your client, so that's how I've come okay. to, to know you. <laughs> Full disclosure. Um, what really struck me about you, which I actually didn't even know when I hired you, is that if I can say this, you used to be a little bit of a chubster. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I definitely had that spare tire around my waist. That is very, very true. <laughs> so I think when we see people like you, and I'll say it, if anybody who goes and looks at your Instagram, you're going to see exactly what you're dealing with here. But this is someone who's very fit, you know, sun's out, gun's out, you know, has the body, has mm-hmm. the abs. And I, you know, I just in awe of that all the time when I see you on Instagram, like, how does she do that? But then when I found out that you weren't always like that, that to me Mm -hmm. was really inspiring. So Mm -hmm. how, how did you get to be unchubster like, like, what was that journey? Yeah, so um, let's back up a little bit to how I got to be a chubster. Okay. I um, had gone through like a really bad breakup, and I had been with the same person for six years, and I just thought that it was time to do me. So it was all me, me, me. So I went out with friends. I ate a lot. I would go out drinking. And over time, I just accumulated all of this this fat around my midsection just from eating crappy foods and drinking and a lot of alcohol. So how I was able to get rid of that is I finally just woke up one day and I just looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, I am so disappointed in how I look. I don't feel comfortable. I'm always self-conscious. I don't like who I am as a person. I don't like the decisions I'm making. And so when I had that little reality check and I looked at myself and was kind of disgusted at what I had become, I had decided that enough was enough. And that is when I sought help. So I knew that I couldn't do this on my own. I had been trying to diet. I was always yo-yo dieting, under eating during the week, and then overeating on the weekends and I was just tired of that cycle. So I actually hired a coach and we did a 
um, a 12-week transformation program. It was just a slim-down program. And so he taught me how to work out. He taught me what foods to eat um, and all that jazz, kind of like what I have been teaching you. And so I did that for a period of 12 weeks. And that's kind of how everything just started. We, I was able to lose, I think, 30 pounds, 35 pounds. Um, in his program over a period of time. I was going to um, say so in 12 weeks. I, so, yeah. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah. Wow. I mean, a lot of that was, um, if you if you take into account the muscle I built, too, like those numbers don't always equal. But um, over, like, my fitness journey, uh, about 30, 35 pounds is the amount of weight that I lost. Because I, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's really amazing. And mm-hmm. you haven't been shy about posting those photos on Instagram. So if anybody wants to oh, see no. that transformation, it's on Instagram. But I know yeah. that I don't think that my story is really unique. I've gone on the diets, done well for a while, lost a little bit of weight. Mm-hmm. But for me, which you and I have talked about, it's maintaining that consistency that really gets you where you right. want to be. And I know that a lot of people struggle with that. So what was that like for you? Did you just one day just, you know, go on this diet and become the disciplined person that you are today in those 12 weeks? Or did you have some struggles there too? Oh, absolutely. I struggled a lot. And my biggest struggle wasn't so much like the eating part. It was the socialization. So I would do really well with eating. But once I started to go out with friends, then all of the knowledge that I had kind of went out the window. And I was still kind of going out a little bit and, you know, partying here and there and drinking alcohol. So that kind of stalled my progress a little bit. Um, So that was definitely my biggest struggle was just cutting out those bad habits. And once I was able to do that, um, then my routines were easier to keep up with. Um, And also it really helped for me to, after that 12-week program, to go into a competition prep. So I wanted to take it a step further, and so I was able to do a competition prep, which at that point in time, like, I wasn't able to drink at all. So once I wasn't able to drink, then I lost even more weight. And then after just doing that for a period of six months, it just kind of became a habit, you know, tracking my food, making sure I'm eating, you know, good food. And what really helped me as well compared to before was the flexible dieting. So I was able to incorporate the foods that I kind of wanted without having to feel super restricted. Whereas before, before I started my transformation journey, I would just under eat all the time and it wasn't sustainable. And so I would fall off. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think we've all experienced that. Mm-hmm. And I think, I don't know if men experience this, but I know myself and talking to girlfriends that we do sort of have this mentality that if I want to lose weight, then I have to basically starve myself and we, Mm -hmm. you know, start cutting calories and we always think we're eating too much. And then also to go to the gym and just kill ourselves with endless cardio. Mm -hmm. What would you say to that? Yeah, I was definitely under the same impression that less food equals more results and more cardio equals more results. And yes, you will lose weight if you eat less food, but you're also going to come in like uh, you're going to experience hair loss and uh, hormone imbalances and like crazy hunger cravings. You know, there's a lot of negative that comes into play whenever you are constantly under eating and overworking. Plus, those things aren't sustainable. So if you think about it, you know, you do a crash diet, most people will lose weight, but then they gain it all back. And so what's nice about 
taking it at a slower pace and doing it the right way that you kind of take your time to lose that weight. You develop these good habits. You're eating, eating plenty of food in the process. And that right there is what is able to make this sustainable because you, you don't really feel like you're super deprived. Therefore, you can do it for a longer period of time, whereas before you would only last four days, five days, maybe a week or two weeks, and then you would just go back to your old ways because it's unsustainable. Absolutely. That's what I've learned. I've done that. I've been doing that for so long. And that's actually something that you and I talked about when we first met was was I was tired of going on those mm-hmm. crash diets where I just wanted to see the scale move really quickly just to get mm-hmm. some kind of instant gratification to gratification. just see that like yeah. I was desperate, you know, like I want to see something change mm-hmm. on the scale. And but then, you know, it wasn't sustainable to just starve and be on a treadmill for 12 hours a day. Um, exactly. So I I personally got tired of that. And I knew and we hear this all the time. Sometimes it just sounds like lip service, like, well, you have to change your lifestyle. But you really mm-hmm. do. You have to change your attitude towards mm-hmm. food. So how? Mm-hmm. How would you say, I guess, how long and what did you do to get yourself Mm -hmm. to a place where you truly had changed your lifestyle Mm -hmm. and your thought process? Yeah, so it definitely took me about a year and a half to completely change my lifestyle. Um, There's research done that says that it takes up to 18 months for a new habit to become a permanent part of your lifestyle. And that was definitely the case for me. You know, all throughout my journey within those 18 months, I went back to my old ways and then went back to my new ways. And each time I went back to my old ways, it was kind of solidified in my mind. I was like, I really don't want to be here. Like, I like my new life. And so I kind of just proved it to myself over and over again. But over time, as I was able to build more muscle, I was able to burn more calories throughout the day. And because of that, I'm able to eat more food. So now that I am to that point where I'm eating plenty of food a day, it doesn't feel like I'm dieting anymore. Like, And I've done this for so long, but I've made my food taste really good to where I can eat a lot of delicious food every single day that makes me feel good. And just over time, um, I have proven to myself also that good, nutritious food makes me feel good. It helps with my mood, my energy levels, the way I perform at work, the way I coach my clients. And I like that. Whereas before, I would always feel, you know, super sluggish or if I go and have a treat meal or an untracked meal and it's something super greasy or not very nutritious, then I literally don't feel good on the inside. And doing that over and over again just helps solidify that my my new life is the way to go and that's the the path that I want to continue pursuing because I just, it makes me feel good. Well, that's also something that has struck struck me working with you is is because it came from a place of thinking that deprivation is what you had to do to mm-hmm. look like you. Um, mm-hmm. I learned that you don't. That, for instance, you have a great pizza recipe that's like a healthy pizza and it's really good. And mm-hmm. if you want something, you know, if you want a piece of chocolate or if you want to have a burger or something like that, you can. You can build it into... Mm-hmm your whatever, you know, your calories and your macros, exactly. you don't have to deprive yourself forever. Because I know a lot of us think right. diet yeah. is like lettuce and tomatoes all day long. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's almost, there's always a healthy version of whatever you're craving. Is it going to taste as good as the unhealthy version? 
Probably not, but it's a close second, maybe a close third, and it will satisfy, satisfy those cravings and bring you closer to your goals. And again, that's the nice thing about flexible dieting. If something happens and you're like, I got to have this piece of chocolate, you can build that into your meal plan. And you may just need to restructure your day a little bit differently to incorporate that. But at least at the end of the day, you're nailing your macros, you're staying under your calorie goal. And if you are dieting, you're still in those deficit calories. And the important thing is when you're trying to lose fat is that you are in those deficit calories. But the other thing that's super important is that you're doing something that you can do every single day. So if you eating that piece of chocolate is what's keeping you from binge eating in the future, then absolutely I'm all for that. It's whatever is easy for you that you can implement every single day because consistency is key. And it doesn't mean that you can't ever have ice cream again or you know, right. go on vacation and indulge a little bit, does it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. This is a lifestyle. You know, we teach lifestyle habits and routines and it's not realistic to think that you'll never have ice cream again. Like you should be able to enjoy your life and enjoy the body that you're creating. I have ice cream all the time. Sometimes it's protein ice cream. Sometimes it's regular ice cream, but I am, you know, I've done this for so long that I'm, that I know exactly what to do to get back on track. I don't punish myself. Uh, that's something else that we do in the academy. We really work on our mindset around food. You know, food is neither a reward nor a punishment. It is simply fuel. It gets you from point A to point B. You can manipulate your body to do whatever you want it to do with the use of food, which is the really cool thing. Kind of look at food in a different way, if, if you want to say it that way. What do you find um, is that your clients seem to have in common when they first start with you, like certain struggles or challenges that they have? Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. 90% of the people that I talk to are under eating. And uh, they, because I have them send me a nutritional report of what their day-to-day -day look, day -day food looks like. And like I said, 90% of the people are not eating enough calories. And what that does is that it puts your body into starvation mode. So your body will actually think that it is going to shut down, that it is starving. So it will conserve all energy possible to make sure that your organs actually have energy to survive. So it stops all muscle building. It stops all fat burning. And it actually starts storing the food that you do eat as fat so that your organ can, your organs can use it for later. And so that's why most people and really a lot of Americans are overweight, but they're under eating. So it's actually the opposite of what we think. That's interesting. Um, and mm -hmm. you, re you made reference to the Academy. Can you just tell the audience what that is? What's the Academy? Absolutely. So the Academy is a 12-week transformation program for women. And the reason I found this, founded the Academy was because I used to be a personal trainer and I was getting so frustrated because I was pouring my heart and soul into these programs and my clients were doing amazing. They were showing up to their workouts, but I was really only helping them with 4% of their day. I was just watching them, you know, count. I was counting their reps, watching their form, but the other 96% of the day, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know how to sleep, how much water to drink, um, how much, you know, how many steps to get a day, what food to eat. And so they weren't really progressing as fast as I thought they should be. So I founded the Academy because I wanted to help people with a hundred percent of their day. I wanted to teach them how many hours to sleep, why they needed to sleep that, you know, that many hours. I wanted to teach them all about nutrition because you cannot out-train a bad diet. 
Um, they say abs are made in the kitchen. It's totally true. Like if you want to see results, you got to put the nutrition behind it. I wanted to really teach women the whys behind it all because I found that when I understood why I was doing something, I was able to implement it better. It's kind of like parenting a child. You can tell your child, hey, don't do that. And they may or may not do that, but you can also tell them, hey, don't do that because this and this will happen. And then that usually will resonate with them a little bit better. So um, the Academy is just a, like I said, a 12-week transformation program. I teach women um, how to count calories, how to count macros, how to work out, how to establish healthy routines. We have a morning and an evening routine we try to go by. We do mindset coaching. We do journaling. We have group coaching calls where we all gather together and talk about our wins for the week, our struggles, what we need support on. Um, I've got a little website that I have created with modules, and these modules have videos of me teaching about protein intake, why that's important, why carbs are your friends why fats are important for hormone function. We go into morning and evening routines on there as well. So it's really just like an all-encompassing program that is focused on helping women really make that lifestyle transformation permanent. So like I said, teaching them the whys behind it all so they can once and for all understand it and then finally stop that yo-yo dieting cycle. And how long ago would you say you actually started your transformation? I started my transformation in November of 2015. I want to say that I started my 12-week program at the end of that year. And I did the 12 weeks. And then from there, I did another 12 weeks. And that second 12 weeks was my competition prep. So I actually was dieting for six months. And then once I did my first competition prep and I did really well on my show, I fell in love with competing After I started competing, I started getting all of my friends, my family, workmates asking me for help, and I started to love the process of helping my friends. And so then over time, I kind of just turned it into a business. I went to a business school to help me to be able to structure my program and my coaching program. Um, And so I was able to kind of, you know, create the website, learn how to market myself, and and really just how to properly help people. But, yeah, I definitely started in November 2015. So I've gained a little bit of weight. I've lost weight. So I've done shows, you know, in between everything. But um, for the most part, I've stayed pretty lean the whole time, around like 17 18% body fat. Do you have, that's amazing. Do you, have, do you ever have moments where you're like, I just need to have McDonald's? <laughs> it's okay. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like once a week, I'm like, I really need a burger and fries. And then I just go and make a burger or fry. You know, I go to the store, I get a burger patty. I go and get some gluten-free buns. And then I go and get some sweet potato fries, and I just make it all at home. And that's the first thing that I log in my food diary. And then I build my other meals around it. And then, you know, I feel really good. I mean, it's clean food. I don't feel guilty. My body feels great. Um, But I can't remember the last time I've had McDonald's. Really, like... Well, I haven't had McDonald's as long as I've known you. I'll I'll admit that I haven't had McDonald's while I've known you. (laughs) So you said that you were in a relationship that ended Mm -hmm. and then you were inspired to start your transformation. Do you feel like there was, you know, a lot like those things were all kind of related? Absolutely. I, my relationship was a very toxic one. Um, I was actually married before. 
And he was really upset with himself. He was not happy with himself, so he took that out on me, kind of just saying things like, you'll never be good enough, you'll never find anyone like me, you're not worthy, all this stuff. So whenever I had left that relationship, um, I was very, very lost. I had been with him since I was 16, so and I was pretty young, so I never really... I was always someone else or something and didn't really know who I was. So being that this whole transformation journey really helped me to get to know me as just myself. And so me having this body and me creating this new lifestyle really helped my confidence. And so I kind of just ran with it. I really enjoyed finally feeling good about myself to all those thoughts that were in my head when we were together those slowly went away and I just made sure that I was always working on myself always making sure that I was good mentally because I didn't want to go back to that place that I used to be what do you think it was though because a lot of people find themselves in that situation and don't Mm -hmm. really know how to get out of it what would you say for you Mm -hmm. was there a defining moment where you just had to make this decision or where you did make the decision that I need to get Mm -hmm. out of this what would you say in, that was? In regards to how your I relationship, my your relationship, my relationship. Yeah. So the defining, there's a couple of defining moments. Um, and at one point I just realized that someone that truly loved me wouldn't treat me like that. And at one point my, my, I did feel like my life was a little bit in, of in danger. So I did leave and I went to my parents' home and, you know, I asked him to get help and he didn't get help. So at that point I decided to sever um, that relationship. But um, yeah, at one point I was just like, you know what? I deserve better. I deserve happiness. I, de- I deserve being with someone who values me and cherishes me and wants me to become better. And all that he did was just, you know, he made me not feel worthy. Um, I didn't feel like I could grow with him. And it was just a very toxic relationship. So we had a couple of really big fights. Um, the last one was the very last one that we had. And that woman was like, I don't feel safe. I'm getting out of here. And went to my parents' house and kind of told them what was going on. And, you know, once you tell mom and dad, it's kind of hard to go back. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, good for you. I applaud you for that. I think that's a wonderful example Thank to you. other women who might be in the same Thank situation. You. And as you know, I'm a divorce mm-hmm. lawyer. And so I see a mm-hmm. lot of situations like that. I have women that come into my office and we'll talk about these experiences. But then at the end of the meeting, they they don't move forward. They'll go back home. Mm-hmm. And it is yeah. frustrating sometimes. I wonder what is it that is making them stay with this person? I, I think sometimes mm-hmm. there's guilt or, you know, Sometimes people feel a sense of obligation. Yes, or fear. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of reasons Mm -hmm. why someone might stay. And it's very difficult to to leave. But it sounds like you had the support of Mm -hmm. your family, too. Yeah. And I definitely went back a bunch of times. But in the way I kind of explain this to my clients who are struggling with the same thing, I tell them, I tell them, there will be a point in time in your life where you will just know. And that's different for everyone. Like there, there's always going to be that defining factor to where you're like, I am done. And that happened to me like three or four times after I went back. And the same happened with my transformation journey. One day I just woke up and I was just done, you know, and I had tried dieting and I went back and forth all the time and nothing was working. And then at one point I was just like, okay, this is it. Like, I can't do this. I, I want better. So I always tell people there is that moment, that defining moment. And if you haven't experienced yet, experienced it yet, it's, it's going to come. 
It's their wake up call. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's different for everyone. Yeah. And um, so that's why I wanted to interview you because I knew it wasn't just about, you know, looking good and learning how to diet. Mm -hmm. I knew that there was so Mm -hmm. much more to you than that because you have been so open about it on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And we get little snippets of stories here and there, but I've been kind of putting it all together like a puzzle. And I'm like, there is a lot more to this girl. that I need to hear about. And Absolutely. You, you've been so honest and open about everything. You did tell a story one time, though, about how you, and you can tell me if I'm getting any of this wrong, that you were dropped out of college? Yeah, absolutely. So I went to, I did what my parents wanted me to do. I got the scholarship. I went to college, and I did that for two years. I did my general education, but I couldn't find a major that I wanted to go in. I mean, I wanted to be in fashion fashion merchandising, but in the little town that I lived in, I couldn't really do much with that degree. So, And where were you? Decided, I'm sorry? Where did you live? What state were you in? Springfield, Missouri. Okay, yeah, I knew it wasn't. You're in California now. I knew it wasn't in California. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and so I just decided, I was like, I don't really want to waste my time and and I just don't know where I where I want to go. And I knew I always wanted to be in the beauty field, or I wanted to do something that helped people feel really good. And so I dropped out of college for about a year, year and a half. And then after that, after I had left, my husband is when I went to beauty school. And I always told him, I was like, I want to do this. And he was always like, no, don't do that. It's going to take away from the family. He just, like I said, he didn't want me to grow. And he did have a little bit of a deciding factor in me continuing college. So um, part of the reason I dropped out was a, was because of him, too. But once I was able to leave him, that's when I went to beauty school, and I fell in love with makeup and aesthetics and facials and massage and waxing. And I just, I had, I loved making people feel good. And I always had jobs that were in the service industry serving people. And so that's how, why this fitness thing is such a, an amazing career for me to be in, because I'm literally changing lives and I'm making people feel good and that is just absolutely perfect for me like I I feel fulfilled doing that but absolutely I was a college dropout I in fact did did that um and then I did aesthetics for a couple of years and then I ran an engineering firm for a couple of years and I really tried to find my place in life and it took me a little bit but I found it (laughs) how did you go from doing cosmetology to running an engineering firm that seems like night Great and day. <laughs> yeah, so I had ran, let's see, out of college, I started working at an office, um, and I started off as their receptionist, and then I started taking on more responsibility, and I started doing their marketing, and then I was handling um, going to the city and dropping off plans for the engineering, and then I was attending meetings, and so I really started almost just doing everything besides the design work for that company. And it was an office job, and they were super, super flexible with my with my hour, hours. So I was able to go to school in the process, get my aesthetics license, and work at a spa also while I worked at the engineering firm. So I was there for a good four years. Wow, that's um, a long time. And so I did, yeah, I did that, and I worked at a spa for a while, and then my dad owned a restaurant in Springfield, and so I was bartending at his restaurant, too, on the side. So I was very, very busy for a bunch of years. And you've also shared that your father was not really happy, I guess. Was it when you dropped out of college or when you moved away? Mm-hmm. Or both? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he was not happy when I dropped out of college. 
I mean, he moved, because we used to live in Sicily, he moved us to the United States for better education. So, of course, in his mind, you know, he wanted me to go to college. He wanted me to get a degree. He wanted me to do all these things. But those weren't things that I really wanted to do. Um, I wanted to be in the beauty field. And he just, you know, he wants to make sure that his kids are well taken care of and they're making, you know, plenty of money and, you know, they're being reputable and everything. So for me to drop out of college was really, really upsetting to him. And so there was a couple of years where we just really didn't, we weren't close because of that. Cause I could just feel that disappointment and I wasn't doing what he wanted me to do. Well, that was also um, another we, really we, bold move because a lot of us, mm-hmm. whether it's our parents or a spouse or whoever it is, Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we shrink back a little bit because we know that mm-hmm. when we want to do something different and something bold, mm-hmm. that there are people around us that won't approve. And ultimately, we want yeah. their approval. So I applaud you Absolutely. for that. That was really big. <laughs> I mean, Thank you. what was it in your head that or, you know, whatever it was around you in the air telling you that I have to do this, that this is my calling? Um. I just, I, I was tired of working on other people's dreams. And at one point I was, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I'm working at this spa, working, helping my boss to fulfill her dream. And I'm working at this engineering firm and I'm helping my bosses create this beautiful business. And I'm working for my dad and I'm helping him run his little restaurant empire. And what am I doing for myself? And so I wanted, and I read all the time about people finding their passion and then making money out of it and how that was the best way to to live. And so I was like, what am I passionate about? Um, and then I started competing and, and I started becoming obsessed with the human body. And then I started, you know, helping people lose fat. And I found such joy in that. And then I was like, okay, so how can I make this a business? This is what I'm passionate about. How can I make this a business? And I found this school that helped me do that. So, so now that's what I'm doing full time, and it's it's the best it's the best thing ever. But at and some he, point he, you it, moved. It took me a little bit to find it, you know. Yeah. Well, it'll sometimes it takes people a lot longer to find it. I have to ask you, how old are you? I I will be turning 27 in a few days. Oh, well, happy birthday! <laughs> I didn't know that. Happy birthday! So you've <laughs> actually done a lot of living in your 27 years. Mm-hmm. I'm an old lady yeah, next to I've you. I've had a house. I've <laughs> had the family. I've had all the jobs. I've, I've got lots of certifications. I don't have a degree, but I've got my personal training certification. I've got my aesthetics license. <laughs> I've got I've got all the things. <laughs> well, you know what? Steve Jobs was a college dropout. So, I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's plenty of, you know, the super wealthy, super successful I, people that are mm-hmm. college dropouts. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of where society's a little bit like changing their view on it. Like college isn't everything now. No. I think that's so cool. I totally agree. And I think that like what you said, a lot of people, I think if you you find your passion and then you figure out a way to make money doing that. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately I do think we're sort of taught that there's a script for life. And part of that is you go to college and then you get a job and Mm -hmm. you know, you get your pension. And you have a family and Mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And yeah, no script for me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, and I but I think a lot of people are afraid to move out of that script. Mm-hmm. They maybe they're afraid that like well, I said they won't get love from someone or that they will fail. There's so many things yeah. that 
And if you think about it, if you if you go down that scripted path, then that kind of leads to you always working on someone else's dream. You know, if you work at a corporate job, then you're always working for someone else. And how truly happy does that really make you? And that's something that I had to tell my dad because the restaurant was the very last thing that I quit before I went full-time online. And, of course, I was very attached to it. I wanted to help my dad, but I was finding that me helping him was taking away from me being able to grow. So I had to have a very tough conversation with him, and I had to be like, hey, Dad, like I love you, and I want to support you, but me spending time here is taking away from me building my dream. I'm helping you with your dream, and I can't help myself with mine. So it's time that, you know, that I stop working here. And, and uh, it was, that was kind of hard on him. He loved yeah. having his girl at work, and he was always happier with me there, but at one point in time, I just had to be like, okay, it's time to focus on my dream now. Well, did he think that maybe you would take over the business? No, I was pretty vocal about never wanting to own the restaurant, like, growing up. Okay. <laughs> Everyone always joked about it, and I was just like, no, I'm good. <laughs> That's his thing, not mine. <laughs> well, it's interesting because when you change, it really forces other people around you to change because they have to adapt to mm-hmm. that, to that new person that you're becoming. And some people don't sure. like change. So they don't want to. They mm-hmm. want everything to stay the same. They yeah. work really hard to keep everything the same. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like that's uh, not you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and he's he's changed his view about my my uh, my career since. I mean, he's seen how successful I am and how I'm, I'm changing lives. And he's read the testimonials from my clients, and he's very very proud of me now. He's apologized. You know, he's like, I was. Just Sorry, I was so hard on you. I just wanted to make sure you're making the right decisions. And I totally get it. You yeah. know, your kid drops out of college. I'd, you know, I'd probably say something, too, just make sure they're on the right path. But like I said, we've talked since, and he's very, very proud of what I've done with my life. And that makes me feel really, really good. That's great. Well, they worry about us. Mm-hmm. They, they sort of want us yeah. to do the script because they feel like it's safe. You'll always make money. You'll never be destitute. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But that's actually not always true. And so did mm-hmm. you start your business while you were still in Missouri? Yes. Oh. Yep. I started um, just helping people like uh, just on the side. And I was doing a couple of online programs, helping people with nutrition. And then once I started my business school, I got my LLC and made it an official, official business with like a bank account and a tax person <laughs> and all that. So, yeah, it was in Missouri when I started it. That's awesome. And then at some point you moved to beautiful, sunny California, and I want to hear about that. How did that end up happening? Yes. Yeah, so I had always talked about moving somewhere warmer. I was raised in Sicily, so I was raised near a beach. So I thrive on sunlight, vitamin D, waves, sand, beachy vibes. Like, that is my jam. And so being in Springfield, I don't have any of that. And I always felt like I was missing something. I, I loved going on vacation to sandy beaches. Um, I was thinking Florida, Dallas, or somewhere in Texas, and maybe California. California was kind of not the main. I was a little, a little bit worried about the pricing of California. So I thought Florida, maybe Texas would be better. And so once I started my fitness journey, I started getting a lot of followers on Instagram. And I had a company that actually reached out to me from California wanting to send me some products. And I said, okay, cool. This is a very reputable company. And so I started wearing their clothes. And so I ended up going out to California to visit their headquarters. 
we ended up going out to dinner, doing an amazing photo shoot. And so they actually invited me to be an ambassador for their team. And so once they did that, I started flying out here for expos, events, photo shoots, and just really fell in love with California. And so um, I was like, okay, this might be a cool place to live, maybe in the future. And so my boyfriend and I really just talked about it. And he's a photographer and videographer. So he's like, actually, California would be perfect for both of our businesses. California is a very healthy state. There's a lot of people that are that are super active. And so we just kind of made the decision together that we would move. And so it took us a couple of months to put a date to it. But we just kind of looked at the calendar and we just said, this is the date that we're moving. This is where we want to be out by. So we broke our lease. We had someone get our lease for us. And then we were out by April. And so we just wow. like made that decision. We're like, we're going to do this together. We may fail. What's the worst that could happen? Well, we end back. We end up back in Missouri, which life is not that bad in Missouri, you know. Yeah, I've, I've, I've wondered. If, I've always wondered if you met your boyfriend in California, or if he, if he was a transplant too. Oh no, no, no. He, I met him in Missouri. We had um, a lot of mutual friends and met each other through our mutual friends, and kind of were both in the fitness industry. I met him after I started competing, and he was working for an apparel company back in Missouri, and I met him at a booth, and that's how we connected and then started talking and dating from there. And so he uh, was a graphic designer and so started dabbling a little bit in photography, and so he started taking all my pictures, and now he's been dabbling in videography, so now he does video work. And so it's it's really it's the perfect combination because it I'm is. a model and then he takes all the pictures and edits the videos and all that. <laughs> that's so awesome because I have been wondering who does your videos because that's key. Yeah, Obviously, you you build you build your business on Instagram mm-hmm. largely, right? Mm-hmm. So I've been yeah. wondering who does. I thought you just hired a videographer, so now I know it's him. No. Oh yeah. Yeah, I pay him in food. Yeah, <laughs> That's great. Food. <laughs> yeah, I've seen your I've seen your videos. I forget what you call them when you go to the grocery store and then you share what you purchased. My grocery hauls. Yes. yes. Yes, those are good. I like those. Yeah. I love that part of my job. I love showing people that they can eat good food. Like I eat bacon and chocolate every single day and I'm able to maintain six percent sixteen percent body fat. And I love just opening people's eyes to that. Like you can have the foods that you want within moderation. It doesn't have to be this awful, excruciating journey. Like, you can take your time with it, have fun with it, incorporate the foods that you want. It, it's, I love it when my clients have that aha moment where they're like, oh, okay, cool. I finally get it. I can do this. I had this, and I didn't go over my calories. And I was like, yes, that's awesome. It definitely does. Part. It definitely does take some getting used to. Because, like sure. I said, when you go from having that mentality of believing that you have to starve and you have to do all this cardio mm-hmm. and you can't eat anything fun, it, it is really hard mm-hmm. to train yourself to stop thinking that mm-hmm. way. Like, for instance, right. if I go it's off my not- macros, my initial, initial mm-hmm. thought is, oh, my God, maybe if I just I can just borrow from tomorrow and I can just, you know, starve yeah. tomorrow, <laughs> make up for it. I still I'm still doing that. Mm-hmm. I don't actually do it. But the thought occurs to me. Mm-hmm. Right, because that's the thought that was implanted in your brain through you just growing up. Like, our parents thought that, you know. Back in the day, our parents were like, low-fat, low-fat, low-fat. And now it's like low-carb, yes. you know. And it, it, I just I don't believe in demonizing food groups. I think you'll feel like that puts a really unhealthy mindset around food in people's head. And if you can just, you know, be consistent and not be too restrictive, 
and, uh, you know, just everything in moderation, and that is the way to go. And the belief around carbs, I mean, that is so ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it, again, mm-hmm. I'm still getting used to weird? it. Yes, it is. It's like yeah. just believing that carbs are going to make me fat and I shouldn't be eating them. And, oh, my God, mm-hmm. I'm eating rice. And, and mm-hmm. I see it around me. I mean, I think, and you probably encounter mm-hmm. that with your clients, that we all think we, we should be eating less calories and cutting out right. bread. Um, Mm -hmm. is that difficult for you when you're coaching someone to get them out of that mindset? It is because so many people just are so fearful of, of eating. And so I really have to, to work on their mindset. I have to explain to them what happens within the body when people under, when they under eat. And when I tell them that the body wants to be fed, and I explained to them that protein at every meal is going to do this for your body and carbohydrates around your workouts are going to do this for your workouts, which will, which will lead to more fat loss. Like once I can explain what happens within the body when they eat normal food and when they under eat, then it clicks a little bit better for them. And then it's a little bit easier for them to be able to eat all the food. But that's the first thing that I always do when people join is I just give them a ton of food, which it's a ton of food to them, but it's really deficit calories. It's not a lot of food, but to them it is. And so they're always like, how am I supposed to eat all this? I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to get fat. And I'm like, I know. Just just trust the process here. And then, you know, 10 days later, they're like, I'm starving all the time. Can I have more food? It, <laughs> and they're dropping two pounds a week. Yeah. So it, once they can see that and they put two and two together, then it's easier for them, like, throughout the program. It does. You definitely do have that experience. I remember I would eat, well, now I'm eating mostly about three to four ounces of fish or meat in a meal. Mm -hmm. And I used to have so much more than that. And I don't even Mm -hmm. know how I could eat it because now when I go ahead and I eat that smaller portion, it is plenty. It it feels like plenty Mm -hmm. of food. So it's interesting how my body has adapted to to just eating differently Mm -hmm. and not having all the Yeah, and you're also eating multiple times a day. Oh, yeah. Before, maybe you weren't. So maybe, you know, you were eating double the amount, but you weren't eating for double the amount of time that you usually are now. I used to think it was a big accomplishment. Oh, yeah, definitely. I've noticed it in my own body and and the way that I'm eating and what I want to eat throughout the day. But I I knew I think that was one of probably one of the biggest adjustments that I had, but it was a good one. And you said... Mm -hmm. At some point, you'll you will start to feel hungry the every three hours that you're supposed to be eating, and I am mm-hmm. experiencing that now. But I used to think it was such a big accomplishment <laughs> if I could just eat breakfast and and be a hero right. and not and skip lunch uh-huh. and not eat all day. I used to think that mm-hmm. that was an accomplishment. I'd be so proud of myself if I actually did that, mm-hmm. which is kind right. of crazy. Proud of yourself for you know starving for a period of time. Think about that. <laughs> no, exactly. Isn't that but, crazy. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do that, especially mm-hmm. us girls. Yeah. But when you're eating every three hours and, you know, you get a craving, then, you know, you can just simply look at your watch and be like, oh, well, I'm going to eat in 15 minutes, so I might as well wait. And then you're not starving, like, and then you don't eat everything in sight because you just ate. <laughs> yeah. That's the nice thing about it. And But do you – isn't it hard, though, when you get a new client and – do you sometimes, no matter how many times you have these talks and you teach people these things, it's really hard to influence somebody's mindset if they're not quite ready for it. Mm-hmm. So how do you yeah. handle that when you get someone who's just, 
they're not, you know, maybe they're not losing the weight or they're not losing it really as quickly as you know they should be mm-hmm. because they're continuing mm-hmm. these bad habits. What do you do with that? Honestly, there's there's nothing that you can like that I can do. I mean, I I can I can give people the tools to change and I can tell them why they need to change, but it has to be up to them to decide to follow the guidelines. And so I I can just show them love. I can just repeatedly explain to them why they need to be doing something, see what the challenge is, and maybe it's an emotional thing. And we can go back to childhood and figure out what that is. But at some point, like, they have to do that internal work themselves. And sometimes I just tell them, it's like, I honestly think that you need to go see a therapist. Like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I think that there's something inside of you that I'm not qualified to help you with that you need to kind of tackle to get that to get that unhealthy mindset, you know, out and dealt with. I but, love yeah, that. All I can do is just show people the facts. Yeah, and it's true. Like, a lot of us have a lot of crap that we're dealing with on the inside. I love um, that you do that. there's only so much that I can do as a coach. I love that you do that because I think that's appropriate. I think that there are, mm-hmm. we, we have a lot of issues around food, some of us. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes you do need to talk about what's triggering you when, you know, mm-hmm. you're feeling the urge to swing into the drive through at McDonald's and you can't stop yourself from doing that. Right. Yeah. And it helps too with the, the application process that I have. You know, I do ask a lot of questions. I don't know if you remember much about our conversation. I do. I ask a lot of hard questions. I do. <laughs> and I kind of weed, yeah, I weed through the people that aren't exactly ready. I mean, if they don't give me a 10 out of 10 for one of those questions, I'm like, okay, I don't think it's the right fit. Because I do want to work with people who have had that aha moment, who have had that moment just like me and you where we're like, okay, we're done. Like, this is it. I need help. I'm ready to change. I can't do this anymore. And those are the people that I want to work with because those are the people that are going to listen to the program and that are going to do the work and that are going to show up and implement every single day because they want to become better. And some people think that they may be ready, but they're actually not. And that comes out in those interviews, too. It does. Well, I'm, I passed the interview. You did. How am I doing? <laughs> You can You're be honest. <laughs> You're doing great. You started your own podcast. You're losing weight. You're feeling more cognitively clear. You're changing your sleeping patterns. Like, this is huge. <laughs> You're gaining more muscle. I know. <laughs> sometimes I feel like you're going to look at my fitness pal and just be like, what on earth happened that day? <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> Fall into a vat of ice cream? <laughs> but I will say to anybody listening... You know, you are not judgmental. You really do come from a loving, mm-hmm. compassionate place. So mm-hmm. if I did fall into a vat of ice cream, I don't, mm-hmm. you know. I I'd be like, what flavor was it? I, I know. <laughs> it would always be mint chip, always. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> but, you know, sometimes it, it, is, it can be hard to expose yourself that way because it's your, mm-hmm. our relationship with food is it's kind of intimate. Mm-hmm. And to show yourself to someone, especially someone who looks like you, like super fit and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, she probably sure. never does that. But, you know, she never falls mm-hmm. into a vat of ice cream. Um, so it can be, mm-hmm. it, I mean, and you maybe you should know that. Um, it can be yeah, a little challenging sometimes to expose yourself that yeah. way. So, yeah. you know. Are you saying I should put like my before picture as the front picture of my program and then maybe a video of me? Maybe. 
You know what? I really do think <laughs> that. More relatable. I, you know what? I think so. I think it really does make a big difference. I can only speak from my own experience, but I think it makes a big difference for me that you mm-hmm. know what it's like to go through that cycle mm-hmm. where you're just eating bad mm-hmm. food and, you know, you're going out for mm-hmm. pizza and beer and you just don't care and you're not going yeah. to the gym. And you mm-hmm. didn't always look the way well, that you look now. Right. Yeah. And I think I shared that with, with you girls in one of our coaching calls, how I went up to Yosemite and just like all the good habits that I had developed over the past three years just went out the window <laughs> and yeah. I overate and I drank and I felt like crap afterwards. And I was very honest with you girls and shared with you what that felt like and what I learned from it. You did. So, you I mean, did. I messed up too. Yeah. I messed up all the time, you know, but I learned something every single time. And sometimes I relearn things that I've learned multiple times and it's that much more solid in my brain afterwards. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you could probably use that um, for, an, as an invitation for the people that, um, mm-hmm. you know, new clients, because I don't know, I think mm-hmm. it, can be, it can be a little bit intimidating when someone yeah. needs to lose a lot of weight or if they're just really insecure mm-hmm. about their bodies when they see you and they're like oh my god i can't show her my stats i don't want her to see what i'm mm-hmm. on the scale yeah. so yeah, yeah I- i'll start throwing i'll start throwing my transformation photo up a little bit more often on my page but i also think that my my personality helps people become a little bit less intimidated yeah like, if you think about it you found the the first thing that you saw mm-hmm. was me setting garlic on fire in my kitchen and screaming yes it's true <laughs> it's true you started the it pan on fire because i'm like oh look at this girl you know she's so gorgeous and perfect and she's gonna you know whip up some martha stewart meal and then all of a sudden the pan started on fire <laughs> But you just rolled with it. I like her. Yeah, I was like, I got to work with her. I like her. Like, where do I sign? Um, so, so, our, so we're getting um, to the tail end of our interview. And I don't, okay. are you familiar with a Proust questionnaire? Are you familiar with what that is? Okay, so basically a Proust questionnaire is a series of questions that are, they're fun, but initially they're designed to sort of reveal your true character. And I like to ask okay. my interviewees these questions. I just think they're fun. Um, yeah, let's do it. Okay. What Muppet are you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> you didn't have a TV growing up, so I don't know any of the Muppets. Wow. I don't know any names. You didn't have a TV? No. So when we lived in Sicily, my dad was very anti-TV. We had this little box TV that was black and white, and it had three channels on it, and we were only allowed to watch it after we got our homework done on the weekends. But on the weekends, our friends always came over, so we always played outside. And in Italy, their television is not the same as American television. So I've never, like, I've never seen those. Is, wow. is there a Cookie Monster? Is that one? Well, he's not. I don't think he's a Muppet. Like a Muppet is like Miss Piggy and Kermit and that whole crew. Do you know them? Oh, yeah. I don't know any of those people. <gasps> oh, I just send you stuff. They're so cute. <laughs> well, they're part of my childhood. But anyway. Okay. That's that's good, though, that you didn't grow up in front of a television like the rest of us Americans here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. What's your favorite virtue? Mm, favorite virtue. 
And virtue, and this is, my, this is English as a second language, virtue is favorite, is like a character, right? Like a characteristic. Yeah, like a character a trait. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, persistence. Okay. I love persistence. People that just try, try, try until they get it. They never give up. They never quit. They just, they do it and they may fail a million times, but then they finally get it. So I love persistence. I like that one too. What's your idea of misery? Of what? Misery. What's your idea of misery? Misery. Unfulfillment. And who is your most admired person? My mom. Aw. We didn't talk about your mom. I guess we'll have to have you on again. (laughs) Yeah, she's, she's, she will do anything for anyone to the point to where it, it, it hurts her. And I get a lot of that from her. Um, so I've had to really rework my brain to put myself first. But she, I, all of my good qualities come from my mom. I write thank you cards because she wrote thank you cards. I say please and thank you. I love on everything that I come in contact with. She's made me the soft, loving person that I am today. And I, I, and I just admire her for doing that. You know, Aww. she left my dad. They got divorced. She raised two kids, went to school, and worked two jobs on the side. She was persistent. Um, that's why I worked many jobs, too, because she hustled, so I hustled. So she, just the way that she raised my sister and I, it made me who I am today. Like, I've never given up because she never gave up. I love that. That's gorgeous. <laughs> Not that you didn't get good traits from your dad, I'm sure. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, I, I know how to cook a little bit for my dad. <laughs> it's not perfect by any means, you know that. But <laughs> no, no. And, you know, he 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 works really hard too. You know, he's at the restaurant twelve, thirteen hours a day, so I get the hustle from him too. But he's not as soft as my mom is. He's that hardcore Sicilian mm, man. <laughs> yes, I I think I've experienced that too. I'm I'm half Italian, half Norwegian. Yeah, you know, you yeah, know how they are. <laughs> Okay, um, what's always in your purse? What's one item you always have in your purse besides your wallet? Lipstick. Lipstick, lipstick yeah. Of course. We all do all us. I love lipstick. Have that. What would you request as your last meal? I would request a goat cheese pizza with arugula, goat cheese, marinated peppers, and crust. That's really specific. That sounds good, though. Yeah. Is that too much? No. <laughs> it's an Italian thing. <laughs> I've, can I fit that into my macros? You know what? We can work on it. <laughs> Let's Maybe do it. Like That's not, would it be my only meal of the day? <laughs> right? You would have to eat lean protein and asparagus for all of your other meals, and we can incorporate half of that pizza. Okay. Around your workout. All right. <laughs> See, this is how it works, people. If you want to work with Maria, this is how it works. Okay. Okay. So one more question, and then I'm going to invite you to give us your contact information and let my audience know how they can reach out to you if they want to learn more about your right. academy and how they can work with okay. you. Um, awesome. I have a bunch, but we don't have enough time for all of them. What's your favorite quality in a friend? Loyalty. Definitely. Yeah. I, that's mine too. Mm-hmm. So tell mm-hmm. us how we can get in touch with you and what's the process like when we to get started mm-hmm. with you. Absolutely. Call you. Should I give your cell yeah, phone number? So <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. 
Um, if you are interested in applying to the Academy, you can do so by either reaching out to me personally on Instagram. My Instagram is Maria G. Fit, so M-A-R-I-A underscore G underscore F-I-T. You can send me a message on there. We can chat about your goals and see if it's a good fit. I can send you an application link for you to apply. You can also send me an email at the Academy at gmail.com, and that is spelled T H E. M as in Mary, M as in Mary, H-A-C-A-D-E-M-Y at gmail.com. Um, you can send an email to there as well. But honestly, like Instagram is great. You can kind of go through my page, um, get some free workouts, get some free nutritional advice, uh, n- nutritional advice, and just kind of get to know me a little bit. So, um, yeah, so I would say those two ways are the best ways. Thank you so much, Maria. It was, great so it was great talking to you. Thank you for being so candid. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much. On. And thank you for listening to Wake Up Paul with Christina Previtt. See you next time.